Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Self Evident Podcast. We're back in studio, man. We're back. We've had some crazy times. <laughs> it has been a fun ride. Has it's been it a not? fun four months, man. Uh, but I want you know what? We have joy. We have peace in the Lord, and Amen to that. we're we're in a good place, man. Everybody who's been praying for my wife, thank you so much. She's been feeling the love. Uh, we were just, you know, I'm I'm gonna get personal for a minute. We were crying yesterday about the goodness of God and like how overwhelming people's uh support of us has been uh all the prayers the texts the the down to the flowers down to people yeah. just take uh, someone took my kids to go get haircuts because i had to do this and you know like just little things like that you know that that matter right and how god's bringing the right people around us to, you know through through while she's healing and stuff like that so yeah we uh, mike explained a little bit uh, last week she had some emergency surgery um she had, she had a blockage and so we needed to remove that and so she's she's on the mend now so we want to thank you guys for praying. We want to thank you for, again, all your support and your love. And uh, it just really meant the world to us that like, man, it's so cool to see the impact you have on people. Right. You know what I mean? Like that a lot of people can actually reach out and do that. So, uh, again, thank you. So, guys, if you have not subscribed yet to the self or I'm sorry, self-evident podcast, you got to get on Rumble. You got to get on BitChute. You got to get on Apple iTunes right now. Go to Apple iTunes and subscribe to the podcast leave us a review and that's how the 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 listenership gets up right so you want to go on their youtube obviously go ahead and subscribe if you want to go uh you're seeing us live on facebook or youtube that's fantastic um all those things we have i mean we're on spotify you want to click on that too and, and if that's one of your favorite podcast spots go ahead and subscribe guys give me that shirt croft it's right in front of you that green one is that a shirt it's a shirt right this better be a shirt see that Get some merch. Support our ministry. We got some new shirts. I forgot to go grab it. Yeah. Oh, man, we got a new shirt out. It's it's. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was sitting down thinking. Uh, and it's a play on the end systemic racism. It actually says end systemic tyranny. And it has a caveat. It says tyranny is when government can do what you can't. So go get that shirt. Support your guys. Support your homies. Support our ministry as we continue to travel. So we love you guys. And we want you to, to, to again, subscribe. But we've got some really cool topics we want to hit on uh, this week. Um, obviously we have some really weird stuff going on with our government always, right? They're always trying to do something, but isn't it crazy that lately now you're seeing the pandemic is over. Where the heck's Fauci been for the last two months? Nowhere. Now uh, United Airlines just made this mass press release that said, Hey, we're going to let everybody back. If you're unvaccinated, come on back, baby. So all these things. Why are you turning me down? I can't hear a thing. I asked him to turn mine down. <laughs> Jeez, you blew it, dude. Sorry, it was totally I was like, what's smooth. going on? You know? And there we no, okay. I too couldn't far hear a thing. A little bit up. Uh, so a little bit up. So now there, there it, ooh, ooh. right. Go ahead and talk, mass. Jeepers, man! <laughs> That's what are you doing? Job. Thank you. So you blew it. I was, I was. You, you know, this could have been done pre-record, pre-live. Should have rolled with it. Pre-live stream. I, I blew it here. Your fault. I, I didn't polish the turd here. Okay. <laughs> Which funny, I, passing the buck responsibility. We're going to get into that. I course. said it was my fault. No, I'm, I'm the one I'm, passing I'm, the buck. I'm, 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 <laughs> so guys, isn't it funny? The pandemic is over. Back in December, uh, hey, Biden, celebration, said, right? Biden said that, oh, my gosh, those of you who are unvaccinated, it's going to be a terrible winter. Turn me up in my headphones, please. <laughs> I can't hear a thing. See, at least. Uh, yeah, they're a little, that's a little long, man. Come on now. Ah, here we Jeepers, go. Complaining good. about Jeepers. it. Is everybody else's headphones good? Turn it down, you man. All good. Turn it down. We can, we can adjust this for you guys. There anybody? you go. There you go. So Bueller. So isn't it funny now? The airlines are bringing people. The NFL dropped its protocols. That's pretty amazing. Uh, now we're seeing the airlines now going to start dropping their protocols, right? You're going to start seeing other places drop their protocols because ironically, ironically, nothing drives ratings more than when a pandemic ends or when a war begins and how we handle that. war. Isn't it amazing how a president's approval will just naturally climb when a war starts? And so the question becomes, how long before a war yeah. starts? Dude, terrible approval rating. All of a sudden the pandemic's over. Yeah. Economy, he cured it. Economy sucks. COVID has ravaged us. Inflation is out of control. Gas prices are crazy. But here comes a war. Let's start dropping bombs so everybody goes, yeah. USA, USA. <laughs> right. And it's crazy because you'll catch all the warmongers on both sides, right? You got the right who loves, in a lot of ways, there's a sect of them that love war, which I, oh my gosh. The right <laughs> claims to be constitutional in a lot of ways, but a lot of them don't represent the Constitution, right? Let's go to war. It's like, what, what are you doing? You know, so no, we don't always need a war and it's, we should never have a war you know if, if necessary. It's toxic masculinity. That's what it is. 
Sure. I mean, or uh, toxic <laughs> stupidity. You know, I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm not trying that. Uh, it sounds derogatory what I just said, but really it's ignorance. Toxic ignorance is what, what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and almost a sense of we have to go in and. OK, you're going to hear an argument that you tend to hear and then I'm going to nuance it. So the argument tends to be against this is like we can't be the world police. And frankly, I'm kind of in that position of we can't be the world police because is it our job to be the world police? Truth. Now, there is a sense where you stand up for the defenseless. But if we we have gotten ourselves involved in all kinds of conflicts around the world, is have are we better for it now? Are we doing better now or are we doing worse than we we, we before, must be right? We must be. This is great now where we're at. No, all of us would see Afghanistan. Now, we started a lot of conflicts, too, which is really frustrating. And, Truth. and so we've we've spent our moral capital. And you've heard me say this before. We've spent our moral capital. I think now is the time for us to say, you know what? NATO has tried to hem Russia in. Putin is pushing back. Let NATO handle it. Truth, truth. Hey, we don't have to be on the front line. Yeah, and you know it's funny how the UN now is coming in to Canada. You know what I mean? We're we're just seeing a bunch of crap happen. You know, these elitists are really, uh, really they're predictable. Yeah. You know, this whole thing's predictable. I think uh, back in in November, December here, just recently, Bill Gates said there's going to be a bigger pandemic coming. How does he know that? Guys, just do your own research. Why is he investing in smallpox? research and vaccines oh i didn't know just a question that. just a question just a question go look it up yourself right so it's not that we're trying to warn you or scare you it's just this is so man's predictability and if you're in god's will if you're in god's economy i'm not saying you won't get sick that is not what i'm saying but he protects his children so what you want to do is really stay in the will of god and you know what he will protect you from sickness i'm living proof i got sick and it brushed off when the lord really came in and just healed me from when i yeah. got covid Dude, it was crazy. And I didn't, you know, I didn't go get tested if it was COVID. I've never been that sick. So it was and, probably and that. The, the symptoms you had kind of pointed towards COVID. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I've had it at least once. But dude, why are these twice. why are these world leaders all of a sudden talking about bio warfare? And that we got to go stop Ukraine me. and all these other things. But it's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait yeah. a second. Why is the US helping Ukraine develop bio warfare? Uh, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Why are we helping other nations? Right. Why are the top uh, um, people investing in these companies and right. in these vaccines, dude. You got come on. That one concerns me because the, a lot of times what will happen is they'll prime the pump, and you noticed out of nowhere, the administration starts talking about biological warfare and crazy and false flags, and Russia will do this, and then all of a sudden, well, thank now, God for that, fact checkers on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You squash. Where, that. where are those guys squash right now, by the lies. way? Where are those guys oh, right now, by man. the way? Uh, did you? Oh, so uh, some of you, you'll notice that DuckDuckGo recently came out and started talking about, well, we're gonna we're gonna stop Russian disinformation, dude. <laughs> the whole reason people came to you <laughs> was because you weren't Google. That's right. <laughs> You blew your whole business model in I like, 30 seconds. I like, uh, I like DuckDuckGo. I actually I use it. I'm I use it on my phone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right, guys, you want to share this video because you know what? We're going to start doing this. Well, we're not even – it's not that we were ever not hitting it, but it's time to really start calling this crap out. Dude, this is so predictable. We said this back in 2020. It's predictability from government. Governments uh, – listen, governments will always produce the issue and produce the they'll always come out the savior yeah, yeah. they'll <laughs> always make the issue and then all of a sudden they'll have the answer to come out I, the savior i just remembered a really funny quote from the simpsons of all places the the mecca philosophy uh, <laughs> homer simpson had a quote where he said alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems truth true government <laughs> it really dude andrew kolars andrew kolars just said political theater he's right yeah uh, gloria said they'll blame putin for the new strain of covid or smallpox whatever it is of course they are listen jen saki's already doing it with the gas argument oh can we get into this yeah because forget, forget the first one let's let's jen saki herself literally last night i just saw something i don't know if it was on on instagram or something it was, a, it was a clip of what she was talking about. And guys, I don't just take clips. I go out and watch the full thing, right? She literally says this from her mouth. The rising gas prices that you're noticing, everyone, is really Russia's fault. It's all on Putin. And we have it up for you guys. A lot of it has to do with Vladimir Putin. Of course. 
I mean, problem solved. Way to go. It's so easy. Way to go. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being Thank leaders. You. Thank you for being leaders. Thank you so much for being leaders and owning that thing, owning that response, taking that on and saying, you know what? Yeah, it's on us. Nope. You pitch it on someone. Dude, I was just telling you, my 13 year old knows how to handle it. <laughs> he has I'm more serious. responsibility Dude, than the Biden administration. I gave my three sons specific <laughs> instructions one night last week. I said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go to the hospital quick. I'm going to go visit your mom. I need you guys to finish this thing. Dude. They didn't get anything done. Now, if you know anything about my boys, you know, they're, they're young, right? They're 13, 11, and 8. And sometimes they're blackheads. It's okay. You know, I'm not pronouncing that over them. Sometimes they just, they, they just skip out, right? They're playing video games or something like that. I come home and I'm steaming, right? I'm like, come on now. I told you guys to do this. So I look at all the boys and I ask them all three, can anyone tell me why this didn't get done? My 13-year-old said this to me. He said, Dad, it's on me. It's my fault. I didn't see it through. I'm not the one who told Nathan and got on him. It was my fault. And I looked at him like so shocked, like, dude, you just learned what it's like to be a leader. Right. You just learned manhood right there in that statement. And it, it was awesome because I remember you and I were having a conversation with him a little bit before that and telling him, look, if your brother doesn't do what you guys have been told to do, it's your fault. Right. It's your responsibility. He took that on. And, and he understood it of like, guess what? The buck stops here if you're the leader. Exactly, dude. It has to. Go ahead and get on that. No, no, thing. that's good. Um, so let's get into Saki. So I've got some, uh, she had made some comments. And, and it's funny because they will always put out some, some points to prove to you why they're right and what they say. It was, and one of my friends was having a Facebook argument. And I noticed a couple of points come up that then I heard Saki was the one who was saying it. And it was like, oh, here we go. So I started looking into this. There's a couple of points she makes that I want to kind of, you need to know the other side. Totally. Right. And this isn't just a, she's wrong, prove her wrong. It's a, yeah. there's always more to the story than what they're telling you. So one of the things that she said was, hey, we recently released 40 million barrels of oil and we're about to release <laughs> 30 million more. Which by the way, pulling twice from your reserves in the same term, is really bad. Yeah, that's a problem. There's something off there, okay? So so everybody goes, oh, 70 million barrels. That's awesome. I'm so glad that our government is helping us out. You want to know how many days that'll last you? About four days. <laughs> Listen, we, use, no. we use an average of 19 million barrels a day. They just told you, hey, we'll give you four days worth of oil. Listen, listen to this very carefully. Go through this really slowly so people understand this because they do this crap all the time. They did it with COVID. Oh, my gosh. 100,000 people. Like, literally. When 98% of the population, I'm being conservative there. I'm being very, very generous, survived. It became a pandemic. See what I'm saying? Go yeah. ahead and do this. I, I yeah. want everybody to understand what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to go through the Saki stuff, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the knife in a little bit deeper by some other stats. Um, Saki also bragged that domestic production for Biden's first year is higher than Trump's first year. This was one of the points that I saw in the Facebook argument. It was like, Okay, why are we only talking about the first year, though? That, that concerns me right here. Few things to know, okay? Now, production takes time to ramp up. You got to understand in the oil field, it's not just day one. Hey, flip the switch. We're producing oil. Oil companies have to invest in those wells. Now, when a well shuts down, they can leave it shut down if they need to because guess what? It's just not worth the money right now to bring online. But if you want to bring it online, you have a whole process of what are called workover rigs that have to go out. They have to go downhole. They have to start everything up. They have to fix any issues. They have to clean it out, do what they have to do in order to bring it back online. Let alone the fact that if the oil companies have pulled everything back because the price of oil was only 60 bucks a barrel, which is not a uh, profitable venture for them in the fracking world. Mm. You have to bring in equipment and men. You have to buy new leases. You have to get all the permits Truth. going. There is a process to all of this. Now, she said, hey, Biden, I'll produce Trump in the first year. Yeah, but Biden's production rate is a lot lower than Trump's in 2018, 2019, Ooh. and 2020. Now, notice Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Now, this pipeline would have flowed about 838,000 barrels a day. You want to know how much we get from Russia? 672,000, 8% of our oil. Now, I, I want to go to something else because you've been hearing the uh, argument that, well, it's the environment, stupid. 
Well, let's talk about this. And, and I saw this and I checked out the numbers and the numbers seem to match. So I'm going to go ahead and put this up there. Now, hear me out. A lot of numbers, but get the gist of this. It takes between 21 to 35 days for a Russian oil tanker to get to the U.S. ports to be offloaded. It takes between 35 and 60 days for a tanker from the Middle East to make the same trek. Now, it takes about 10 hours to load the tanker and up to 24 hours to unload the tanker. And it has to wait in port to get to an unloading dock. It can take up to three days. Now, the average tanker burns 2,625 gallons of diesel fuel per hour. So ridiculous. Per hour, two, over 2,000 gallons per hour. This produces 22.38 pounds of CO2 per gallon. So in one hour, a tanker ship hauling oil to a refinery creates 58,757 pounds of CO2 per hour. Averaging the travel time of the tankers, that's 27.6 million tons of CO2 per trip. In comparison, your car creates about six to nine tons per year. Now, without going into all of it, can you tell me why drilling our own oil and moving it through pipelines along with importing oil from Canada via pipeline would not be more environmentally green than sending thousands of tankers around the world constantly to support us in providing oil? This is not an environmental thing. And if they tell you it's an environmental thing, they're either A, being disingenuous, malicious, or downright stupid. I'm, all the above. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> I just want to say this to anybody who follows politics, government, whatever. What makes them think they can go against God's design and come out on top and never succeed? Yeah. Right? This is why we need to trust in the living God. We have to trust in the living God. We don't have a choice but to trust in the living God. And that's why we're doing what we're Hey, Brian. Uh, Andrew um, Kolar said, Saki previously blamed higher gas prices on the flu without a scary, or with a scary name. <laughs> <laughs> but now places the blame on Putin. And it will always be this way. It always jumps, yeah, doesn't yep. it? Yeah. Another Andrew, Andrew Payek said, so glad to hear that Montana and Texas are starting up wells. Right. Can't rely on the federal government to help all of us. And and both of the both the Texas play um, the Permian Basin and then the 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 Bakken uh, play, which that's where I was at. There is plenty of oil in both of those regions. It has to be financially sound for these oil companies to make these decisions. And you notice now all of a sudden the government is attacking the oil companies. They didn't just need to up production. Right. They make investment based on what the administration is going right. to do. Right. And so I would even argue that that first year for Biden was more of a holdover from the Trump presidency than it was a true Biden response Truth. with the oil production. Truth. They've already come out and said, we need EV, we need EV, we need EV, which if you get into the damage and human rights abuses that happen from producing the, the rare earth minerals for these EVs, it's outrageous. So instead of having 25-year-old guys in North Dakota earning six figures a year to in order to pull oil out of the ground. You now have eight-year-old uh, African children in mines breathing in radioactive dust and drinking poisoned water and dying when they're 13 in order to get you your Nailed EV it. so you can feel better about driving your Tesla. I'm not even against Tesla, but I'm sick of this idea that somehow electrical vehicles are going to solve all of our environmental issues. And... If we already can't afford gas, you're going to have me spend 50 grand on a, you know, I just, this is like, this is tools of those who have no sound mind. The Bible says that we're not given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind, a sound mind. And when you have people out there who don't have a sound mind, they will believe anything that's sold to them in the middle of crisis. It happens every time. So guys, be careful, be on guard. Now let's get into this. Yeah. Christian deconstructionism. So we, we always do, like, if you're new to the show, we always do some news bits before we actually do the topic. So. Uh, the topic we're we're talking about uh, Christian deconstructionism, and and, and I, I dare say I agree with uh, John John Cooper from Skillet. It's yeah. not Christian. There's nothing Christian about it if it goes against the faith, right? And so, but when you're questioning the things of God, you need to question some things because your flesh 
Your soul doesn't yet get what your spirit comprehends. Right. Your, your revelation has not hit your soul. It has not hit your heart. It hasn't hit your mind. And so there are things you question about like, hey, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't, like sickness. Why does it happen? You know what? I thought we were, but I don't understand. Like, do you think, do you think your questions are going to offend God? No, not at all. But what happens is when you start to take the word of God and then uh, piecemeal it, yeah. you're taking bits of it out and not believing. Ooh, and that's when it gets dangerous. And I would add to that. I, I just think about Job. It's not that our questions will offend God, but we get offended by God's answers. Ooh, hey, I agree. I agree because, sure. again, we're flesh and we can talk about that in a little bit. But yeah. go ahead and, and, and go get right into it. I, I, I wanted to talk about this topic for. I'm so glad we are. Yeah, about a month now. I think it was it was. It's one of those things. What I don't like is if you look up this specific topic, okay, go on any. There's so many articles out there. Oh, my gosh, the plague of Christian deconstructionism. This is going to be the downfall. of It's here to stay. One, 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 I'm like, do you honestly think that out of all the atheistic minds in history, out of all the Bible burnings in history, out of all the persecutions of Christians in history, that Christian deconstructionism is going to take down Christianity? Be careful. Don't live in fear, okay? This is just something we want to arm you with so that you're armed with the knowledge to go out there and combat this stuff when it comes at you. Hey, I'm really questioning my faith. I don't really know if I believe. Cool. Why? I want, before I, before I do this, I want everybody to answer this question on the comment thread, okay? Please answer this please question. Comment. Please comment. Please. What do you think deconstruction means to you? Ooh. what does that term mean to you? What do you think it means? Because we're going to get in, and, and there's a reason I ask that, because it's a very vague thing. But all of you, because this this helps get it to other people when we see, when when the algorithms see people commenting. So I want all of you to answer the question, what does deconstruction mean to you? And Croft, if you could type that in too, please. Yeah. Um. So just a little hint. It's literally in the name. Yeah. What, just, what just does deconstruction hint. mean to you? So <laughs> in the there, name. kind of what kicks all of this Perfluffle off was <laughs> I love that word, dude. I just love it. Um, Skillet lead singer John Cooper uh, kind of railed against the idea during a concert, and this is what he said: "It is time that we declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement." I don't even like calling it deconstruction Christian. There is nothing Christian about it. it. Is a false religion. For all those formerly Christian people who have tried to tell all these young folks that they think they found a third way, their third way is this. It's okay if you're into Jesus, just don't be into the Bible. I'm here to tell you, young folks, there's no such thing as loving Jesus but not loving his word. Which I would agree with that last point. Um, here's where the issue comes in. We have to define this term first. And I think one of the things that, that Cooper does that maybe was a, a it wasn't disingenuous, but it was kind of short sighted was he lumped everybody into this single select category and said, all of that is deconstruction Christian Christianity. And so all of it, the, the basis of the term was reject the Bible. Now, Massey and I were talking we don't believe that's that's the basis of the term. Massey, if you want to get into kind of like what you and I were talking about, what does that term even mean? Yeah, deconstruction basically means that you are taking tenets of what you believe and breaking it down to see if that belief is valid. So in other words, um, it, it, again, I, I have to know why God is the healer. I have to know why God is the provider, right? I have to know why God Christ saved me. Like, what was the point? Does he really love me? I ask those questions. I do. Like, why does healing work sometimes and not all the time? Are we supposed to always be healed? All those questions come up in my heart. And it's like, you know what? I only have one thing to do. Either I believe this whole thing cover to cover. Either I believe it's word. It's, it's the inerrant word of God, or I don't. And the moment I start taking apart the word of God, it's no longer deconstructionism. It is called a lack of faith. You don't have the faith at that point because you're not believing what God put for us forth for the faith to even be existing, right? The Bible says, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. It doesn't say build yourself up in doubt of God's word. That's not how you build your faith. I build up my faith by reading scripture. And then when the questions come up, it depends at that point what you're feeding and putting your mind on. Am I putting my mind on the things of the flesh or am I putting my mind on the things of the spirit? And I think you just nailed it perfectly. The word of God in its nature is against your flesh. 
everything your flesh tells you that is against this word is literally coming against the things of God. In other words, your flesh is satanic in nature. It's, it's ungodly. It's, 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 uh, it's unscriptural, right? And when our flesh tries to adhere to the word of God, you will always fail because this cannot be attained by fleshly means. The Bible is even very clear about that, that the natural man does not receive the, thing, the things of the spirit. It's in Corinthians because it's spiritually discerned or it's spiritually appraised. You can't discern this in the flesh. And so when we're trying to answer questions of scripture using the fleshy methods and using formulas and things, it will not work because faith by its very nature is belief in something you can't see. And what we move into is, is, is real quickly, it's our flesh or our desire that wins out against scripture. If you've, if you've removed the inerrancy of the word, right? You've decided, look, the word is up for debate on how much of it is true and whether or not it's right. Your flesh, your desires will always win out. You'll always determine, you know what? This, I feel this way, so the word must not be correct. And there was actually this movement. I don't remember if it was called the Jesus movement or, or not the Jesus, um, Jesus convention. It was a bunch of pastors that got together and they poured through the New Testament and decided what did Jesus really say and not say. That is a recipe for disaster because what you've now determined is that you can decide what you want to hear from Christ and what you don't. This becomes buffet faith. A buffet faith will never stand. You'll you'll always talk yeah. yourself out of it because there are things that make Come you uncomfortable. On. If it makes you uncomfortable and you don't say, you know what, I have to change because this stands. Now, all of a sudden you're saying, I'm going to stay the same. That'll change. That's exactly right. I think one of the things that happened was um, it, it's happened very slowly. Socialism has crept into the church massively. And, I, and I'll explain why. Socialism is a communal thing. Our communities get together. We provide for the people. That's a good thing, right? That is not socialism. That is called benevolence. That is a godly thing. But here's what happens. When the collective around you starts to talk about why is racism prevalent in the church? You know what the first answer is? They didn't give you an out of that question, but it's been asked many times. Why is racism prevalent, prevalent in the church, right? If you say it's not, you just denied that racism never existed in church, which is false. But if you say, yeah, it is, now you're taking the whole root of mm -hmm. why the Tower of Babel was created, how God doesn't redeem uh, individuals anymore. He redeems races, right? Now we have to pin each other against each other, right? So what you're doing is you are taking the tenet of the belief of the world system and trying to apply the word of God to it. You can't do it. That's, and I, I want to... I want to mark that and, and go deeper with that. And then Katie Luttrell said something that I want to comment on. Amen. Um, hey, Katie. So what Massey was just saying, this is really prevalent in our education system, in our colleges. So when I was when I was getting and my Christian English, colleges, Christian college, too, when I was getting my English degree, you looked at literature through what were called lenses. Right. So you, I, I'll never forget in one of my classes, there was a girl who no matter what, every piece of literature she discerned and looked at through the feminist lens. There you go. So all there she you would go. see is feminism and, and the inequality between men and women and Truth. the feminist messages and all of that. What happens is we get these lenses, whether feminist or queer, there is a deconstruction lens, which means everything you read and look at, you pull apart and say, well, this is just tradition and this doesn't count and this isn't right. And you pull something apart until there's nothing left. That's right. Right. And now this is where I want to get to Katie's Great comment. point. Great she point. said, when I first heard about this, I thought it was about examining the things you were taught and told growing up in church and trying to discern and learn if it is true or just doctrine or tradition that was foolish. Now, not wrong. I think You're that's not the, wrong. That's the proper way to look at it is, hey, is this foolish? Is this man's wisdom? Is this God's wisdom? That's and, good. And that's why it's so important for us to say this whole topic is very vague. And that's where I think Cooper kind of went a little extreme. I understand what he was I, going I, for. I, I get exactly what we, he was doing. He was yep. in the moment and he preached what he preached. And it's hard not to blanket yes. statements because you're in that moment and you're, you're, you're trying to you see a pandemic of people leaving the faith that are upper people. Right. And I'll tell you this, this is the problem with promoting young people to, to leadership positions. Golly, the Bible's very, the Bible is very clear about promoting novice people, young people 
into level high level positions because they'll be snared up by the devil mm -hmm. and in their pride. Yes. And, and that's, and Paul and I were having that conversation about young worship leaders. And, and you notice there's kind of this, this movement of young worship leaders that are getting to a certain age and they're just dropping the faith. They're saying, I'm agnostic. I'm atheistic. I'm, I'm leaving the faith. You've put a lot of spiritual burden, not, not just yeah. responsibility, but spiritual burden on a young person who is still trying to figure out their faith. We shouldn't be putting these people in leadership. Now I understand they're, they're, they're the fresh, new, hip, exciting face. And so it's easy to put those people in leadership. It ends badly a lot of times. It really does. Um, but Cooper was going this route of his premise was they're rejecting the Bible as the inerrant word of God. That is a section of deconstructing Christianity. Yes. People go that route. Yes. There is also a large section who, like Katie was saying, they're they're re-examining their faith. And, and both of Massey and I agree, like you get to this point in your faith where there is a big testing of it. Your faith gets tested. Which right? the Bible says that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith produces patience. Read the book of James, right? Your faith being tested is not the same as you denying the faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? When, you're, when your faith is tested, it is God or, or, or something coming against you. The test is coming to see how much faith you have and how much faith you don't have and how much faith I need to receive from God. Listen, the cool thing about trials is this. God will give you grace for today. Not, you're not supposed to be focused on tomorrow. There's, the Bible says sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. My grace is for today. The Bible says that uh, the, the, the grace of God is sufficient for today. It is sufficient. That's what I need it to be. When your faith is being tested, that is something outside of you. But when you begin to try your faith and put God on trial, you have now become God. And that's what a lot of these people who have left the faith are doing. They're putting God on trial and saying, God, you're not right because the world says this. And where has the world led anybody? The bottom line is the world led you to the foot of the cross in the first place. So why would you take the, the mindset of the world and apply that to Scripture when Scripture should apply itself against the mindset of the world? The Bible says be of one mind. One body, one faith. The Bible's very clear when Paul said that I have the mind of Christ, which contradicted the world. It contradicted politics. It the political heads. Yes, Paul contradicted the political heads. Uh, Christ contradicted the political heads. Uh, the prophets contradicted the political heads. King David contradicted the political heads. It went against politics. It went against feminism. It went against all these isms that contradicted God's word. Right. And now I want to, Croft, let's go ahead and throw up slide four. Um, there was one atheist, um, Andrew Seidel, who, when I was doing my research on this, he had come up with this article. It was titled A Love Letter to Exvangelicals, which is kind of that new term of those who are leaving evangelical Christianity. This, this, this popular crap, dude. Wow. Oh, and hashtag. And, hashtag, of course. That's so stupid. And, and we will we'll get into this Sorry. idea of... of Evangel people leaving evangelicalism because I, I think we have a really good point to make on all of that. But he wrote a love letter to those who have gone through it or are going through it. Now, an excerpt to his column on religiondispatches.org states, of course I want to say yes without a doubt when he was talking about in being able to question everything told to us and, and sifting through. He said, but that undersells the pressures and defense mechanisms some religion, sects, and religious communities have evolved to keep people enthralled a short list of which I include in the founding myth, persecuting outsiders, shunning doubters, punishing interfaith marriages, punishing apostates, sometimes with death, homeschooling or religious schooling, gathering together to shout down the doubts on a regular basis, approving some of texts and burning others. Right. So he's giving all these examples of, of quote unquote, extremism in faiths. Now, he said, given these roadblocks, I think that de deconstructing and leaving one's faith behind, or at the very least, moving away from a narrow and authoritarian faith, is GD remarkable. So his his whole statement of this is remarkable is leaving your faith. Mm. At the very least, questioning it. He said, a true intellectual achievement. But what if the, the and, and just I want to say this for a second, what if the premise was correct in the first place? Now it's not an intellectual achievement. It's just contrarianism. I'll continue. Consider this my love letter to everyone. Keep deconstructing their faith, questioning the beliefs imposed on them as children. 
This grew out of a conversation I had with two ex-evangelicals on their delightful podcast. This is the title of the podcast. Tells you where they're coming from. Go home, Bible, you're drunk. But I've known many who've deconstructed their faith. Now, this is something that's really interesting to me. Two ex-evangelicals have a podcast called Go Home, Bible, You're Drunk. That tells you where they are immediately. They have determined that the Bible is not the inerrant word of God. It is, it is a faulty text from men. If that is your basis, you're done. There's no point in believing in Scripture then. I, I think what this guy talked about intellectualism, it's a point of intellectual. I'm just going to read to you the words of Paul. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul, who stood against governments. Paul, who saved countless, saw healings and miracles and all these things, saw Christ even after his death and resurrection, saw visually Christ, spent 13 years with the disciples. Uh, I'm sorry, the apostles and learned. Watch, listen to this. First, everybody go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, and we'll read, okay? Just listen closely. Check this out. For Christ did not send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would be made void. He wasn't supposed to use nice, kind words or philosophical words to fulfill the cross of Christ because the cross of Christ is very simple. He came to die for the sins of the world and that us perishing in sin would be redeemed by the cross and the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That cross was the symbol of the world dying to itself and raising up in resurrection of Christ. Okay, listen. Verse 18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You can be as intellectual all you want. And if you think the word of God is foolish, it's because you're perishing. You are perishing with the world system. Guys, you honestly think you got one up on God? Who gave you the mind that you have? You didn't get it yourself. You didn't get the conscience. Dude, I'm telling you, it is the Lord, right? Listen to this. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 20, it is written. I'm sorry, verse 19. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Verse 20. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish wisdom, the foolish, the wisdom of this world? Has God not made the foolish, the wisdom of this world? He just basically said the wisdom of this world is foolish. Where's the debater? Where's the scribe? Do you look at Job? Job couldn't even stand in the presence of God before he said, who created everything around you, bro? You sit here and come against me, but who created you? Who created the mouth that you have to even question me? Who created the emotion that you have in passion or anger against me? It is God. Listen to this, verse 21. For since the wisdom of God in the world, uh, I'm sorry, for since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased though, the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Verse 22. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block to the Gentiles. Foolishness. See, he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the mighty. Why do you think Christian men like John Knox can stand before Mary, Queen of Scots and say, no, nah, no, nah, you ain't got no authority. Or he says things like this. Lord, give me Scotland lest I die. And she can fear his prayers. Yes, yeah. power. He there. said, he said, uh, Mary Queen of Scots said that I fear that man's prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe. And it was John Knox that said, listen, this is not worldly wisdom. You got to hear this. This isn't worldly wisdom. Please hear this. He said, Lord, give me Scotland lest I die. To which God replied in his journal, die and I'll give you Scotland. You die to yourself and I'll give it to you. Right. That's, that's foolishness to the world because we need a method. We need a system. We need a plan. And here's God saying, no, die to yourself and I'll give it to you. That's how we need to be in America. Listen, men and women who are patriots, if you die to your method, God will give us America again. He has to. It's his word. It's his word, man. And, and this, this concept, we have to understand, look, there is a beauty in testing your faith. There's a beauty in not just believing what other people have told you, but taking it on yourself. The problem where Massey and I are getting into this is, is how do you view Scripture? Because if your foundation on Scripture in God's character is, well, that's up for debate and that could be wrong, what will happen is you will start to produce cracks in your own faith. 
And what will happen is those cracks will grow larger and larger until you tear down scripture. Because if scripture is not that solid foundation in your life, then at some point you will step away from it because it never held solidity in your life. You just hit it. And let's go with this. You and I together. Okay. Let's just walk down this lane. God creates man. He creates woman. He says, don't eat of this tree. This is all I'm telling you. Go subdue the land. You've got it all. He said, go tend to, 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 the, to, the, to the garden, to the field I've given you. That's your job. Make sure. Go name the beasts of the fields for crying out loud. This is all yours. Go and enjoy it. Satan comes in and says, deconstructionism. Did really God say, though? Which pulled then a fleshly selfish side out of Eve and said, well, yeah, I want to know good and evil. I want to be just like God. Isn't it crazy? Those who ascend themselves above God always want to be just like him. Like in these deconstruction movements, they try to become the thing that they're angry against. I, I you work, understand what I'm saying? I want to work with something here. And this is, guys, this is more exploration on at this point. So what always, what always got me was this concept of knowing good and evil. And, and even God recognizes now they know good and evil. And that, that's always hit me of like, there's something more to that. What's going on here? And, and I wonder, and, and play with me on this, I could be completely wrong, but what if that idea of now all of a sudden my self-knowledge is involved, now there's a chance for me to know evil as opposed to good and tear down good. You see what I'm saying? Like before the fall, they didn't have that, that self-directed knowledge, that, that interaction between the flesh and the spirit to where the flesh was going against yeah. the spirit. Yeah. And after the fall, after when Satan said, surely you're not going to die, but you'll know good and evil. That's right. He's not wrong. That's because right. now all of a sudden your flesh not only knows evil, but it now has the opportunity to place Dude. evil above goodness. Yes. Yes. So yeah, then you use scripture to your own means, which is the second commandment. Don't create an idol. To suit yourself, right? What right. is an idol? Because creating a god to suit my sin. Because goodness is truth. Exactly. Here, what goodness is truth. I agree. Evil is a lie, right? So now all of a sudden, is you don't just know the truth, you have the opportunity of believing the lie and putting the lie above the truth, right? So now, when we look at spiritual truths, because of the fall, because of the curse, we are now looking at it with the 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 flesh involved of going. Well, I'd rather believe the lie. I'd rather go towards the evil and I'll just put that above the good and say, Hey, this is good now. Right. And that gets into when it's talking about the last days, men will, will, uh, what, how does it go? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, uh, dream, dream, see visions. No, 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 no. Men will, um, see good for evil and evil for good. Oh yeah. 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 Sweet for bitter and That's bitter Isaiah. for sweet. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so it's, it's, it is that process of now we've replaced the good with the lie. Because the lie 100%, feels better. The 100%. lie satisfies the flesh. It sure does. It sure does because then it brings it to reason. You can't reason the word of God. Word of God is faith. You walk in faith. Now, there are many aspects of the word you can reason with. It's like, okay, I understand that, Lord. Thank you. But you only reason with it by experience. You can't reason with it without experiencing the word of God. And Andrew Kolar just asked a really good question. And we're going to get to that, Andrew. Uh, okay, if I'm the people are leaving, that. have they ever truly received the Holy Spirit? We'll get to that in a minute because you nailed it. You nailed it. We'll get to that in a minute. But I also want to read something here, too. Even when you're weak in the faith, okay, listen closely, please, Christian. If you're not weak in the faith and you're strong in the faith, praise the Lord. But we should never, ever, ever, ever condemn those who are weak in the faith. Matter of fact, the Bible's contrary to that in Romans 14. It says it's kept the ones, those who are weak in the faith, not passing judgment. We've got to be careful. There are a lot of weak people in the faith. There are, right? Which some know that they're weak. And some act like they're not weak, but they're really weak. Those are the ones I really have little patience for. But there are young people out there who have not been discipled in the faith and they don't understand what the faith is. And they don't because they were they were taught. They were taught when they were witnessed to. If you come to Jesus, he'll take care of all your problems. You won't have any depression anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I, I, I agree that he will remove your sin. I agree he'll remove your disease and sickness. But you're going to you're, you're coming into spiritual warfare. And if you're not ready for that. It'll hurt you. It'll kill you. It'll kill who you are inside. It'll kill your mindset. If you're not ready, we don't teach enough that the spirit of God is real. But if the Holy Spirit exists, there's also evil spirits. So if there's a Holy Spirit, there are evil spirits that'll try to come against you. 
And you have to arm yourself with that knowledge. You got to arm yourself with the word of God. You got to arm yourself with prayer, right? Uh, Romans 8, 26, it says, pray through your weakness. That the Bible says that when you're weak, that the Holy Spirit will take over your prayers in Romans 8. It says that you'll start doing groanings and utterings, which cannot be uttered by, by human words. You won't understand because you're at that point so weak, you can't even pray and just let the Holy Spirit do it. Holy Spirit will overtake your mind. It'll overtake your heart. It'll overtake your emotions. It'll overtake your words, right? And then there'll be times you won't even pray words. This is scriptural stuff that we don't ever talk about. And we need to talk about it. Matter of fact, it was George Whitfield when he was going through the revivals in New England. He said, I have heard and barely heard that there's a generality of Christ being preached that he's unknown and unfelt. He said, and the reason that churches are so dead is because dead men preach to them. Listen, listen closely. He said, it's because dead men preach to them that they are dead churches. And if your pastor is not filled with the Holy Ghost, who can discern the times, who can tell you, hey, we're supposed to have hope and joy in these times. It's the pastor who won't shy away from the real issues that are going on in America, but brings scripture to the issues that are going on in the world and says, no, this is how Christians need to stand. This is how Christians need to be. Christians need to be the ones at the forefront of the word love, not the world, not the gay agenda, not, not, the, not the pedophile perverse agenda that, that owns the word love for some reason. No, it's the Christian that's supposed to own the word love. And if your pastor is not doing that, I'm telling you, he's a dead man. He's, he, I'm not saying death as in death. I'm saying he's dead inside. He has no Holy Ghost. And, and that's where Andrew's quote comes in is if people are leaving – have they ever truly received the Holy Spirit? I'm dubious about that. When the Holy Spirit is received, backsliding is not an option. This is biblical. And, and Massey and I were having this conversation before this podcast of, I question this movement, this deconstruction movement, right? If people are leaving the faith, my and there are certain churches that are having it more so than other ones, my question is, how much of the Holy Spirit is actually involved in the middle of those churches? Oof. Because if... Let's do a little experiment here. If you grow up in a church and the whole time it is make sure to say your prayers, follow the commandments, be a good person, hope that maybe God will come through once in a while maybe, for you. Maybe. And now you have that's a, what they think. That's what they think. And, and you get to 23 and you have a major shaking of your faith. How much experiential evidence do you have to continue in your faith? Because up until that point, all you've gotten are commands and ordinances and, and hopes without the real evidence of the daily activation of the Holy Spirit in your life. Truth. Now, if you have a church that is truly Holy Spirit filled, people have problems with what's going on, but dang it, they can't say that nothing's happening. Exactly. There's something happening. The question is, is it the Lord or not? Right. That, amen. And, and we have that conversation. But I have a hard time believing that in churches where the Holy Spirit is flowing day to day and, and the Holy Spirit is active in people's lives and they're hearing the rhema word of God, I have a hard time believing that those people find it super easy to just step away from the faith. Yeah, you can't and, and because it's, it's all experiential. Taste and see that the Lord is good, the Bible says in Psalms. right? King David said, taste and see that he's good. Man, you, can't ta you can't taste it and walk away from it. You know what I mean? So did you really have the experience? I was saying this to, uh, earlier to someone. I'm going to confess something, okay? For a long time, I couldn't hear the voice of God for myself. I could hear for other people. Dude, when I go out and minister, it's so evident and clear. I love to minister to people. I can hear things for them. I can see prophetically into their lives, and it's so neat to be used by God. But man, for a long time, I couldn't hear for myself until I started to journal. So I really started to sit down and write things out and write questions to God and say, Lord, what does this mean? What, you know, what do you say? What, what, what do you say over my family? And dude, he's I, I can hear the promises of God, and it's all scriptural. See, the funny thing about the Bereans in Acts 17, when the word of God came, they said they received it with joy, actually, but then they went back to the scriptures and studied to see if that was in scripture. So when you get a word from the Lord, make sure, make sure that it lines up somewhat, like it lines up with the scriptures, right? And that it aligns with what God's already told you, right? right? So whenever you get a word, don't go chasing, don't go chasing a word. Get the word from the Lord. He can give it to you. So ever since I started journaling, he's really been speaking to me. He's been speaking to me about my family, ministry, the people, all those other things. So then when I come out with a word or something like that, it comes more with a, a power, I think, because mm -hmm. it's, I'm, I'm receiving it for them, right? I'm receiving it for the people. Here's where I think it, that there's three reasons I believe that deconstructionism exists, Christian, whatever you want to call it. 
this deconstruction and, and, and Mike is, is so smart. He's going to help me with all this because we talked about it earlier. Because number one, I think that when they received the word of God, it wasn't sown on good ground. Right. It just wasn't sown on good ground. And so what happens is when you're sown on good ground, it takes root, it's watered, it's nurtured, it's, it's got sunlight, all those things, right? But there were, there, there, were, there were four seeds given. One didn't even hit and get planted. Two did. Two made roots. And, and one of them uh, falls upon the rocks, right? And so the roots don't go down deep. It gets scorched out. The other one, it gets choked out by the cares of the world. And I want you to relate that to this idea of deconstructing faith. Now, I think people will hit different levels in their faith. And, and I, I believe this parable very much talks about that idea of deconstructing your faith. Because guess what? If, if it gets scorched out, that means there's, there's a lack of water. Ooh, spiritual, right? right? There's a lack of living water in your life. And so life comes upon you. It burns it out. You, you, you choke, you dry out, you, you, you uh, uh, dehydrate until you die because you're not being refreshed by the, the living waters of Christ. And then you have the other one where it's choked out by the thickets, by the thorns. Think about all the problems and issues and worries and pro uh, sufferings and trials of life. If we don't have our roots deep in our faith, what happens is those things choke us out and the roots aren't deep enough to say, no, 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 I can get through this, right? They just choke us out. We see the suffering and we don't see anything beyond it because right. our roots are not yep. deep enough. Yep. So Dale Tucker just asked or said something that was really cool. He said, we need to be in the flesh and the spirit constantly at the same time. The Bible is very clear. And I agree with Pastor Jan too. She just commented on it. The Bible says that though we are in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Listen to that scripture very carefully. What the, the, uh, the person, the, the, the person who's not really studying will say, see, we're not supposed to go after the things. That, that's crap. What it's saying is you're in your flesh, but we war against the flesh with the spirit. Mm -hmm. So things that are going on in the flesh, we war against the spirit with the spirit to overcome the things in the flesh. So when it's governments, when it's institutions, when it's when it's the poor uh, and needy, poor and needy, all these things. Listen, that's physical fleshy stuff that you use the spirit of God and say, Lord, teach me discernment so I can go up against these principalities and tell them from you, Lord, that you're not God. Tell them from you. You're not God. He is. You're not supposed to be a ruler over me. He is. The founders were clear. No, we have no king. We have no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. OK, so we have to have that mindset all the time. Yes. And, and, and when you're led of the spirit, the Bible says you are a son of God. Listen, those that are led by the spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, those that are led of the spirit of God are sons of God. Is it the spirit of God to lead you to question him and then depart from the faith? Did you ever have the spirit? I'm not saying, you know, it's one saved, always saved. That's not the well, argument I'm not getting the route we're going. What I'm saying is, were you ever saved in the first place? Did you ever have that seed take root in your heart and say, no, Lord, I'm going to nurture it and water it no matter what. Storms come, my roots are so deep that no matter what, I'm not going to bend, I'm not going to break, right? right? I may bend, I may waver a little bit, but I'm not going to break because the spirit of God is in me, right? So if you're led of the spirit, you are a son and you're a daughter of God. But here's another reason I believe, reason number two, that I believe some depart from the faith in this whole deconstruction movement. Our lack of faith as the established church makes some depart. When we don't have the Holy Spirit of God performing miracles, signs, and wonders, which is scriptural. Right. We've, we're not, de we've decided all of that is false. If there's any sign or wonder, bro, it must be a false prophet. Why have we decided that evil is more powerful than God? That's right. When you don't have the word of God and the spirit of God come together, when the spirit of God doesn't breathe life on the word, I believe many depart from the faith. Here's why. Because they have not experienced the real fullness of God. When the Holy Spirit can overtake you and you see the signs of God. Dude, Jesus did it. When he was out there healing people, casting out demoniacs, many believed on him, the Bible says. In the book of Acts, many came to the faith when they saw the miracles that the, that the, that the disciples did. In the book of Acts, uh, chapters 2 through 10, it was like crazy. The amount of believers, they said up to 3,000 to 5,000 a day were added to the, to, to the faith because of what they saw, because of what the power of God was. So they understood the word of God. But then the spirit of God came and breathed life because the Bible says that the spirit the word of God without the spirit is dead letter. Mm -hmm. It's just letters. It's just words. 
when the spirit of God breathes life on it, that there is healing, there is salvation, there is raising of the dead, there is healing, right? There is no mental disease in the name of Jesus. And if you're dealing with it right now, there is no mental disease that Christ cannot absolve by his blood and his stripes in Jesus' name. And that you're broken free from that curse, mental disease, uh, mental oppression, right? Cancer. It is gone in the name of Jesus. It has to be. His name is above those names. And so when we don't believe the spirit of God and it breathes life, they're not going to believe. Yeah. And, and I want to make a point to Jan had said, we don't have to hang up our brains when we become believers. And, and I love that you said that, Jan, because I was listening actually to a sermon on my way here. And he was talking about we don't leave behind our intellects in our faith. When we walk in our faith and we walk deeply in our faith, our intellect becomes a tool for the Lord Bingo. to bring a new dimension to the kingdom. And, and this is one of the beautiful things is when you build on that foundation of, of faith in the Lord, he can use all of you and he refines and renews all of you to become the most that you can possibly be. So it's not we hang up our intellect because we have to go towards faith. It's we have faith, and so therefore then the Lord can use our intellect to hit a new level for people. Um, I, I think this topic, and, and I know we're running long, so we're, we're going no, we to start to late. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah, one more point, man. Yeah, we started well, late. We hit started the, late. Hit the point. Point three. <laughs> to you who is contending for your own belief system right now, listen closely. This is point number three that I believe people either fall away or question so much the things of God. What do you set your mind on? That is so elementary Christianity, right? But what are you setting your mind on? King David said in Psalm 113, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. He said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It won't cleave to me. It won't cling to me. I won't put anything wicked in front of my face so that it would depart me from the love of God. King Job, or I'm sorry, Job said, he made a covenant with his eyes. He wouldn't even look upon a maid. He made a covenant with his eyes. I'm not going to do that, man. I know, that, I know where that'll take me, right? If you read Ephesians 3, let's go to Ephesians 3 real quick. Just go with me, would you? Does anybody got their Bibles? We're having church right now. So let's do, let's do this Ephesian thing, <laughs> right? Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians, uh, we'll go to 3.1. Listen to this. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard the stewardship of God's grace, which is given to you, by the revelation, this isn't it. I'm in the wrong one. I bet you it's one, chapter one. Uh, where is that? It's Colossians, not Ephesians. Guys, come on. Why Who's watching you correct, this? Matthew? You should have corrected me, guys. It's Colossians, not Ephesians. There we go. Here we go. Shut up. Hey, it's Colossians <laughs> 1, Mass. Here it is. Colossians 3.1. I wrote it down wrong. Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above. If you've truly been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above, right? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Okay? For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, I ask, why would you go back to the thing that brought you to Christ in the first place? To learn from that. Go ahead. And, and that's where I want to get into this whole idea is I think what Cooper, to, to round this all out, Cooper was going after the whole TikTok, uh, uh, Instagram movement of these Christians who said, I've left the faith. I'm done with this. I've deconstructed. I can't believe the Bible. And, and the question is, what were you consuming in abundance before you hit that point? Were you consuming scripture? Were you praying deeply and meditating with the Lord? Were you, were you journaling with the Lord? Were you seeing and experiencing the liveliness of the Holy Spirit? Or were you consuming in abundance the, the entertainment of the world and of the flesh and of people who were against Christianity? We tell ourselves, well, I'll see what the other side is saying because yeah. they'll round me out well. Yep. Yeah, it will. But if it's 80% the other side and 20% Truth. your own side, yep. Yep. You, if you're not solid in your foundations, you will be swayed and pulled away. 100%. And so if, if you are consuming everything of the world and you're not refining yourself through spiritual means, of course it's going to look more enticing sooner or later. 100%. Your flesh is all about everything of the world. It is so easy for your flesh to enjoy the world. Why is it so hard Dude. for us to look at scripture and go, 
I need to read that. Yeah, because Your flesh. the things of joy are found in the scriptures. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Dude, Pastor Todd's doing a series right now on the fruit of the spirit, this Sunday self-control. You got to go back and watch it because a lot of us take the fruit of the spirit. There's, there's this is a little caveat, and, and I'll get back to uh, uh, Colossians. A lot of us think that that's a litmus for us as to why we're not in the things of the spirit. So we look at it and go, man, I don't have enough patience. I don't have enough self-control. I don't have enough love. I don't have enough peace. I don't. The spirit, those, those are fruits of the spirit. It only comes from the spirit. So we should be resting in the spirit to give us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those things only come from the spirit. You got to check out that sermon series, reviveusnow.com or on the uh, YouTube channel, Revive Church here in Stewart, Florida. You got to check it out, guys. But I'm going to go back to the scripture because I want us to hit this, okay? Because you who have been raised with Christ are new men. Listen close, right? This is chapter three, verse four of Colossians. It says this, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. In other words, that's the promise of things to come. You will be, re re be revealed with Christ in glory when we go to heaven, right? When he's in us. Therefore, verse five, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. Verse seven, I only have, I'm only going to 10. And that in them, you once walked when you were living in them. In other words, that's your former life. Don't go back to it and try to reason the word of God with your old life, right? He's saying this, but now you've also, not, but now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Verse nine, do not lie to one another since you have laid aside old selves with its evil practices. Verse 10, this is the last verse. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. How do you find the image of God? It's right here. Right. It's right here. It's right in prayer. When you're seeking God and you have nothing else to go to, and you're just like, Lord, I need you to tell me something, and he reveals it to you. You know what's beautiful about that? And some people will question, ah, but are you really hearing from God? And Massey, I know you'll confirm this with me. You want to know how many times I have been told a truth that I never would have accepted in my flesh. Truth. I've been told something about myself when I'm praying and seeking the voice of the Lord that I never would have come to. Couldn't have. And, and it doesn't mean that it's some outrageous thing. It's like I would have protected myself from that. Truth. But get, in, in prayer, that that came out and that hit me. That's the Lord right there because the Holy it's Spirit so good, will dude. always point you to truth. And it's truth that your flesh won't let you accept. Bro, that is so good. That again, this, this cannot be understood by fleshy means. And so when you're talking to people about Christian deconstructionism or deconstructionism in general, hopefully this podcast helped you a little bit to understand that there's scripture you can use to say, look, I get your questioning, but is your questioning leading you more to doubt the things of God and scripture? Or is your questioning saying, Lord, I need more of you, so show me this so that I can be more of you? You'll know which spirit you're born of when those two things are evident. That you should question. Thomas Jefferson once said, question with boldness the existence of a God. He was not saying that as an atheist. You know what he was saying? Question with boldness that you have true, true faith in him. He was actually writing a thesis paper. This isn't the exact quote from that thing. But he wrote, his, he wrote a thesis paper against his own thesis in college where he denied his faith in college because he was raised by English deists, came back and said, I was a fool in my youth. And then he said, question with boldness, the existence of a God, because he was saying, you need to know who God is. Why do you think they built America? Dude, it was literally the foundations of God. It was that you can't get around it. So do question the existence of God in your life. But if it leads you to doubt, that is not the spirit of God. If it leads you to him, it's the spirit of the Lord. Right. And, and do not just follow your own desires and your own flesh. Be, be wary of, well, I'd rather it be this way. Truth. Be wary of that because <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were quick. I've walked that route of, oh, I'd rather it be this way. I read that led me to destruction. And it's amazing how when I've given up my own self pride, now all of a sudden, I'm more contented. I'm more satisfied. I'm healthier. I'm, and I mean healthy in a spiritual sense. Life is more abundant. I see things more clearly, yep. more accurately. I know, dude. It, I it, know. It is amazing the process that, and I will say this to my dying day. 
I am astounded at the transformation that God does in people's lives. I know people personally that should have committed suicide 15 years ago. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, truly the power of God has transformed them to become nourished, stable, amazing people. And God will teach you, you who are seeking the Lord, listen closely to me. He will teach you how to hate sin and love righteousness. He is so faithful to teach you that, to hate sin and love righteousness, man. And he'll, he may bring you through some things to learn that, but man, when he teaches you that and you hate sin and love God, there is nothing like it, dude. And he's willing to do it. He's faithful to do it. It's his word, you know, and it's really cool when he does. And, you know, again, you'll have to go through some things to go, man, why did I even live like that? You know, but he does it because he's faithful. He's your father. So guys, um, we're, I hope this, I hope this podcast, <laughs> hey, they you. stuck with us, man. No, they did. I'm, I'm so glad you guys tuned in today. If you guys want to be supporters of our ministry, um, you guys can be called something called a torchbearer. Um, we're actually creating a swag bag for our torchbearers. Uh, those who donate monthly, you guys can be a part of that whole thing. We're trying to find a hundred people to donate $50 a month this year. Uh, if you want to be one of those people, we're just getting started with this campaign. So we believe in eight months, God will hit that or, uh, you know, seven and a half months here. We believe God will bring that across. Uh, go on to the self truth.com and you guys can do that. You guys can be a part of our monthly support uh, program and, and really be a sponsor and see what God's doing all over the nation. You know, uh, Carrie came home from surgery uh, <laughs> Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday afternoon. And she's like already, Hey, this is what we're doing in South Carolina this is what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Here's what... she hadn't even, she just six days in. And so she's already focused and I'm so proud of her, man. She's so awesome. Uh, so be a part of that, but share the video, share and tell your friends about our podcast. Yeah. Because when we can't go out and speak, this is our way outlet. You know, this is an outlet for us. We love talking about these topics. And if you want a topic discussed, write it down below. Man, we, 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 you know, I don't know how many times we've told people that. Yeah. And I've, some, some do, some, some do. do praise God, you know, but you want a hard topic. Let's talk about it, man. We love this stuff. We love doing research and we love talking scripture and, and all those things. So guys, again, thanks for joining in uh, today. Go to the self truth.com to find out our next events. We're going to be, we're, we're going to next weekend. We're going to be in South Carolina at uh, GHC. We're going to be at the convention center there uh, preaching for a few days. Um, and, and there's some events we had to cancel because of what was happening here, but that's okay. God is faithful. He will get us out there um, and be on the lookout guys. We've got some really cool things coming to uh, Florida. It's going to be awesome. So uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. All right. Love you guys.